Burns and Scolds, Introduction. Burns arise in a number of accident situations and may have a variety of presentations, accompanying injuries or pre-existing medical problems associated with burn injury. Scolds, flame or thermal burns, chemical and electrical burns will all produce a different burn pattern. An inhalation of smoke or toxic chemicals from the fire may cause serious accompanying complications. A number of burn patients will also be seriously injured following falls from a height in fires or injuries sustained as a result of road traffic collisions where a vehicle ignites after a collision or crash. Explosions will often induce flash burns and other serious injuries due to the effect of blast waves or flying debris. Inhalation of superheated smoke, steam or gases in a fire will induce major airway swelling and respiratory obstruction. Non-accidental injuries should always be considered when burns have occurred in children or vulnerable adults, including older people, in particular where mechanisms of injury described does not match the injury sustained or there is inconsistency in the history. Burn severity. Refer to Wallace's rule of nines or the London Browder chart to assess total body surface area. For small or large burns, those less than 15% or above 85%, it's acceptable to use the patient's palm surface, including the fingers, as a size estimate. This equates to approximately 1% of the total body surface area. Be aware of the risk of underestimating the size of burns with patients with large breasts or those that are obese. These factors can significantly affect the proportion of a bo total body surface area using standardised charts. Use all of the burn area, but do not consider areas of erythema, as these are often transient in the initial phase of a burn. Do not try to differentiate between levels of burn, superficial, partial thickness, full thickness, etc as it is impractical to estimate the depth of burns in initial hours following injury. Only a rough estimate is required. An accurate measurement is not possible in the early stages. However, the size of a burn may well influence referral and management pathways. Assessment and management. Ensure scene safety for rescuer and patient. If safe to do so, stop the burning process. Remove from the burn source and brush off any dry chemicals. If any of the time critical features are present, major catastrophic hemorrhage, airway, breathing, circulation, disability problems, airway burns, soot or edema around the mouth or nose, history of hot air or gas inhalation, these patients may initially appear well but can deteriorate very rapidly and need complex airway intervention. Respiratory distress. Evidence of circumferential, completely encircling burns of the chest, neck and limb. Significant facial burns. Burns of more than 15% in adults and 10% in children of the total body surface area. Presence of other major injuries. Start correcting A and B and undertake a time-critical transfer to the nearest appropriate hospital according to local care pathways. Continue patient management en route and provide a pre-alert call.
Specifically assess. Airway patency as early intervention may be required for inhalation burns. If intubation is impossible, needle cricothyroidotomy is the management of choice. Waveform capnography should be used whenever intubation is performed. Breathing for rate, depth and any breathing difficulty. Evidence of trauma. Coexisting or precipitating medical conditions. Oxygen. Administer supplemental oxygen via a non-rebreathable mask. Remember, SpO2 readings may be false due to carboxyhemoglobin. Cool and irrigate the burn. Irrigate with copious amounts of water as soon as possible. This can be effective for up to three hours after the injury. Irrigate the burn for a maximum of 20 minutes, except for chemical burns, acid, alkalis, and other corrosive substances, where the irrigation can be continued for up to one hour. Cut off burning or smouldering clothing, providing it is not adhering to the skin. Remove any constrictive jewellery, including rings. Do not use ice or ice water, as this can worsen the burn injury and exaggerate hypothermia. Use saline if no other irrigant is available. Gel-based dressings may be used, but water treatment is preferred. Alkali burns require prolonged irrigation, continued until definitive care. Assess burn size. Rule of nines or Lund and Browder chart. Patient's palm surface including abducted fingers. Consider obesity and large breasts when estimating burn size. Dress the burn. Use small sheets of cling film. Do not wrap around limbs, but layer the film. In the absence of cling film, use a clean cotton sheet. Elevate the effective area if possible to reduce the risk of edema. Note, do not apply creams, ointments, wet gauze or non-adherent dressings. They interfere with the assessment process. If the patient is wheezing as a result of smoke inhalation, administer nebulized sibutamol with 6 to 8 litres of oxygen per minute. Assess the need for analgesia. Note that cooling and application of dressings frequently eases pain. Documentation. Document how the patient was burned, time the burn occurred and how long the patient was exposed to the source of burning, Temperature of the source of burning, e.g. boiling water, hot fat, etc. Whether first aid was undertaken. Time and volume of infusions. Transfer to further care. The following patients should be conveyed to the nearest emergency department from where transfer to a regional burns unit may be arranged, if necessary, or transferred in accordance with local referral pathways. Any full thickness burns, deep dermal burns affecting more than 5% of the total body surface area in adults and all deep dermal burns in children. All chemical and electrical burns, including lightning injuries. Any high pressure steam injuries. Any burn associated with suspected non-accidental injury regardless of the complexity. Burns affecting the face, hands, feet, genitalia or perineum. Any flexural surface such as the neck, axilla, 
elbow or knee. Circumferential deep dermal burns. Burns associated with suspected inhalation injury. Burns associated with comorbidities that may affect wound healing or increase the risk of complications. Burns associated with significant other injuries. Burns associated with sepsis. People who may require admission due to social circumstances or inadequate pain control. Alkali burns, acid and chemical burns to the skin and eyes. When irrigating the eyes, ensure that fluid runs away from the contralateral eye to avoid contamination. Irrigate with water and continue en route to hospital. It may take hours of irrigation to neutralise the alkali. This also applies to the eyes which require copious and continual irrigation, ideally with water or saline in the absence of a water source. Note, specific treatment agents may be available in industrial settings with on-site medical and first aid. Chemical burns. Do not wrap in cling film. Do not attempt to neutralise chemicals as additional heat will be generated, which may increase tissue damage. Corrosive substances. Following a significant increase in the frequency of serious criminal assaults using acids and corrosive substances, Narrow have advised the following. Personal safety. Make a dynamic risk assessment and ensure your own safety. Exercise extreme caution if there appear to be multiple patients or an ongoing attack. Ensure accurate updates are provided to ensure awareness of the severity of the incident so this can be escalated if necessary. Activate specialist resources early where there appear to be multiple patients or extensive contamination. Wear eye protection and double glove. Protect any exposed skin by wearing a jacket to provide a barrier. Do not carry out sniff tests on contaminants or containers. If attacked, use hands to protect face. Skin may blister and scar, but corrosives in the eyes may cause irreversible loss of vision. Corrosive vapours should be considered in terms of ventilation from around any contaminants. Patient management. Irrigate freely with clean water for 20 minutes. This includes utilisation of the fire brigade if required. If a shower is available, Use this with a mild soap which can be used safely on the skin. Try to ensure any runoff does not come into contact with the uncontaminated parts of the body. Early and thorough irrigation of the face and eyes is important to reduce the risk of long-term damage. Eye irrigation can be achieved by using a bag of saline, giving set maximum half open and washing with a gentle stream. Contaminated clothing should be cut off whenever possible and left on scene. Do not pour contaminated clothing over the head or remove clothing that is adhering to the skin. Contaminated jewellery should be removed, rinsed and placed in a bag or wrapped to avoid skin contact and then handed back to the patient. Get the patient to do as much as possible with directions. This may not always be possible but will greatly reduce the exposure to the first responders. Do not apply any form of dressing or gel until the burn has been adequately irrigated. Minimise on-scene duration for patients with large burns or burns to the face, eyes or hands. Key points to remember. 
Airway status can deteriorate rapidly and may need complex interventions available at the emergency departments. Stopping the burning process is essential. The time from the burning is an essential piece of information. Pain relief is important. Consider non-accidental injury in children and in vulnerable adults, including older people. Where irrigating the eyes, ensure that the fluid runs away from the contralateral eye to avoid contamination.